0: This episode is actually from my week one teaching in Set Free Sisterhood where we are ditching the wine witch. Each Monday I will be coming live to teach on different areas, And categories that really lead into or lead up to removing alcohol in a way that can be foundational, but that can really help you root in that decision and that belief. This week we talked about commitments, boundaries, a little bit about accountability, a little bit about uh, the cognitive dissonance, gosh, that's such a hard word to say, that I have spoken about before. So I want you to check it out. But before we start the the replay of that here, I want to read another review from Melissa that says, I love the way I feel after listening. More relaxed, peaceful, and hopeful. Highly recommended. Thank you, Melissa, for that awesome review. And then one more thing, ladies. Keep in mind, this fall, this last quarter, I only have three spots left for one-on-one coaching. That is a one-hour per week, coaching for the next three months, I have three spots left. So if you have been wondering if coaching is right for you, if there's a stronghold in your life that you really are having a hard time really working through and just a stronghold of your mind and just getting out of this mindset, it's been a tough year. I would love to have the opportunity to work with you, shine a light for you and just walk with you on that journey to the freedom that you are being called to step into. Reach out to me in the set free sisterhood group over on facebook or dm me directly on instagram at coach michelle porterfield and enjoy this teaching from the set free sisterhood facebook group hey sister do you feel stuck do you feel like you're living each day over and over on a loop maybe you feel like a failure We are on day five, officially, so we're going to jump in, and I'm going to just tell you a little bit about um, what cognitive dissonance is. I'm sure if y'all have been, um, I did a podcast episode, hey Bridget, I did a podcast episode about this, a little bit, that whole, like, when people try to do, like... um, Hey, Denise, sober September or sober October or dry July or dry January. There's all these, like, things. And what happens is, and I'm just going to kind of touch on this a little bit because... If, I, if I'm guessing correctly, this may be some of the things that you're sort of feeling right now. That's right, Denise. Day six. She got a head start on us. Awesome. Really what happens is all that is, this is super normal, and this is not just related to alcohol. This is related to a lot of things in your life, and it really reflects into your even some core value issues. But basically, let me just, let me just share what, what cognitive dissonance is. If you've never heard the term or if you begin to hear it so basically it's it's this this battle of when your beliefs are challenged um, when our behavior is not aligned with our beliefs okay it creates this disagreement and we're talking about the unconscious i was just thinking even though we know just picture one side there's this unconscious and there's this conscious side so they're they're in disagreement the uncomfortable feelings caused by this can be things like stress anxiety regret shame embarrassment or just feelings of negative self-worth you just feel like crappy i'm just stupid i'm not enough and all this stuff because what happens is right now we're still in the belief that most of us whenever we're removing something like alcohol we still believe that it has value and that it serves us in certain some kind of way that is at the root of a lot of this and What I want to challenge you is, is that as we walk through the different layers of the teaching throughout this month, the whole underlying current, I want you to start challenging beliefs, challenging what you believe it really does for you. So in this case, in the beginning, when we just say, all right, I'm removing alcohol because it doesn't serve me anymore. Whatever our personal reason is, I've, I saw, you know, I want to show up and be the, the best mom. You know, I've been drinking for 20 years and I really want to remove this and just be the woman that I'm, that I'm being led to be. But what happens is the unconscious mind, it hasn't got the memo, right? It's been in here rolling the tape for years. She gets stressed, I drink. She has a party, I drink. She just got home from work, we drink. So it's just been back here just running this tape. I, vis- I visualize this just tape spinning. And that's why a lot of the language I use, even in the podcast, is loop. I feel like we're just on this loop. Sometimes it's around and round. Sometimes it's up and down. Sometimes it looks like an eight. Like all these different type of loops is that's what's going on in our brain is that it's battling this new choice that we're consciously making. So we have to challenge it. And that's where when we get into the mindset week, we're really going to do a little bit more detail. Now, hopefully you're doing your daily checklist and you're doing your gratitude and you're really starting to cultivate a daily gratitude practice and maybe something you're looking forward to. Then we're going to get into like the truly like design of what I call the thought download where we just download all this junk that's been playing out because we, I feel like we need to be a little further in um to be a little bit more mentally strong because this is this is a mentally strong challenge most of us are not dealing with severe reactions to removing alcohol if you are then that's the doctor needs to handle that but i would say most people in this group most women that i come in contact with that is not the challenge you may feel bad and have headaches and dealing with that kind of thing but It's more of our like inner battle, our mental obsession, the mind drama, all this crap happening. So that's what we're going to work on too when we get into the mindset. All right, give me a one if you're understanding me and you're hearing me, understand what's going on. Because next we're going to go into commitment and how how we have to consider that commitment is um, kind of a big deal. And what we do is a lot of times is we just kind of set a goal, and then we just go, "All right, I'm gonna like here I go. I'm gonna set this goal, and oh, I'm gonna get there. And okay, I'm gonna drink my water every day, and I'm gonna do all these things. But what I want to share with you is that that is not all that is required of us, right? Let me pull my little commitment sheet. All right, awesome. I see some ones coming in. Y'all, y'all with me? Awesome. All right, so as I go through these, you can take notes, but you don't have to because I have created a handy-dandy little chart for you that I'm going to, like I did the other day, after this live, I'll go in and I'll plug it in to the comments so you will have a visual of what we're talking about. But we're going to talk a little bit about seven layers of commitment. Why do we need to layer commitment? Because just like I said, how many times have you, I know I've done this a bunch, had set a goal, committed to something? And then it just totally just fell to the wayside or something else came up that seemed more important or you just had a day of weakness maybe or you just don't know. Like it just doesn't stick and you can't understand. You're like, well, because there may be some areas where you have committed and they've worked out for you. But this this one and some other maybe more challenging ones, they're very, very difficult. And this is something that I work on too because Mm – Anytime we're growing, we're growing the rest of our life. We're making progress the rest of our life. So these layers of commitment are super important no matter what you're doing. Hey, Elaine. So number one is clarity. That We're doing seven layers. So number one is clarity. Um, What does clarity mean? It means be as specific as possible. And I know there's those systems out there called SMART goals, specific, measurable, attainable, da da, da, da. Those have never worked for me some people love that i just haven't found that that works for me i just need to be as specific as possible what is my goal this month for you ladies obviously goal number one is removing alcohol completely for 31 days does that mean that you are going to be perfect maybe maybe not if you slip up is that okay yeah we're going to jump right back on it though But, for example, it could be something like a specific goal as in for the next 21 days, I am not going to complain. I heard this uh, the other day and I thought, you know, when something's brought to your awareness, you're like, that's so good. But how hard is that to not complain for 21 days? And so I was kind of listening to my family today or this weekend Oh my goodness, we are a bunch of complainers about every little thing. So that's a whole new story. We're going to work on that. Hey yeah. ladies, jumping on. So hormones, I'm starting to learn about the body and mind. Yes, hormones are huge. They are a huge challenge. And we're going to talk about that in health week because I have, I have recently started um, learning more about cycle syncing. And that has really opened my mind to um, just tapping into my body. So we'll talk about that on the health week. All right, number two, a charge. Second layer is a charge. What does that mean? You have to have this emotional charge. You have to be like powerful. That's why I ask you to write your why. That's why I tell you every day to write down you know, do your daily gratitude and even a journal a little bit more right now. We're trying to keep it simple, but you take any time you can to write that why. If you need to write your why every single day, it's got to have this emotional charge and kind of conviction to it. You know, there's just certain things I don't want to learn how to do. I don't need to learn how to be a somebody said, Hey, I think you should set a goal to run a marathon. I'd be like, Say what? There is no charge at all. But if somebody said, Hey, you know you could win a hundred thousand dollars if you were gonna um if you want to run a 5k and i'm like well that's doable and there's my charge is the money right <laughs> but we have to find something that pushes us forward that that we get that desire hey ladies all right number three conviction it has to have a high level of conviction that means there's no out there's no out at all you can't be well I kind of want to lose 10 pounds or i kind of want to remove this alcohol this month but i'm just we'll we'll see we'll see if i can do it well if you do that you are 99.9 percent more guaranteed than you're probably going to mess up and fail and that's okay i i see failure as growth okay but i'm just saying if we don't have a high level of charge and conviction we're really going to be it's really going to be a struggle so remember these are all commitment layered right This is how we create a commitment. This is probably a little bit more than you've ever really thought about. You just, when you've made a commitment, you've probably just made a verbal statement and made a commitment. But all these things, they layer under. And when we layer things, this commitment becomes more powerful and we can embody it. Number four, consistency. Your unconscious mind, which we just talked about, will trust you more if you're consistent. If you're back and forth and back and forth, and well, maybe this and maybe that, and one day I had sugar and one day I didn't, or, you know, I did the whole, I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit, not drinking anymore. I'm doing it. Three days later, I drank. My unconscious mind didn't know what the heck was going on. You know, I have to give it time and consistency for it to go, wait a minute, this lady is changing her belief pattern she's not doing this behavior anymore i wonder why and that's what we talked about earlier because at the end of this i want you to be able to be able to um to say to yourself do i truly believe now that i have to have this substance or do i believe it just doesn't serve me that's kind of where we want to be Countability is number five and that means to be measured to count out right That's another layer of commitment. Once you see these printed out, it's going to make a lot more sense. But basically, what is that is? You're counting. You're counting your days. Do you have to count every single day forever? No, not if you don't want to. If that helps you and countability is a thing for you, then by gosh, absolutely count. I didn't have to do that, but for a certain period of time, and I kind of just would check in. But I did kind of know up to about a year where I was. It was super exciting. All right, connection. You have to have a connection to God others and a cause some kind of calls something that connects you to other people or relationship with god whatever this has to have this connection because at the end of the day we will i mean what do we do when we're not connected like i can't even imagine what it's like to not have connection like a lot of times, I'm the type of personality where I like to take things on my own and I feel like like I'm in charge of things and I'm like, oh, well, I'll just do this or do that or I'll make that happen. And those are the times when it's the hardest life for me. Like I struggle so hard because I'm trying to do it on my own without some sort of connection. You will struggle with commitment. All right, last one and contribution is the last one, which is human nature to serve others. So basically what that means is as we grow as women, as we choose to move forward and set goals and become stronger and better and like at the end of this month when we feel great after we've done all this, then what we're going to do, our heart's desire is going to be to uh, contribute to other people. Does that mean you have to go and announce, hey, I just did this thing and my life has changed and you know I don't drink anymore and I had no idea that I could ever do this and I feel great? Maybe. You might share that with your friends and you might not. You might just contribute in other ways and serve people in other ways. All right? All right. Now, moving on to boundaries. Give me two if you're still here and I'm going to have a sip of water. My throat's scratchy. Hey, Dawn. Heidi's here. Heidi, is it cold there? And Jade, you're in the UK too, right? Are y'all pretty chilly right now? I know this has a delay. Give me twos. I see my twos. Y'all are still with me. Awesome. All right. So next we're moving on to boundaries. How many of you... Yeah, Jay says, yep. It's probably chilly there. It was pretty warm here today. The sun came out. I actually washed my car. It was so messy. It was great. Elaine says, yep, still with you. So let me ask you this aha uh-huh, but cozy in bed, yes. Um, are you afraid? Is anyone out there good at making boundaries? If you're on here and you're like, yeah, I'm, I know how to do this. I'm awesome. Or are you kind of afraid to make boundaries? Or do you kind of not even know what boundaries are? Because I have always heard that term, but I never really knew, like, I always heard it in the version of kids, Okay. So they talk about like setting boundaries for your children, and when they break you know some sort of like rule setting, you kind of tame them back in because you know it's it's very weird like I felt like that's the only early teaching I got with those kind of boundaries um Jade, you said you're learning it is it's it's challenging because I feel like it's such a key player, but a lot of people don't talk about it and um I just feel like women especially, we tend to just overgive and we we overly, if this is even a way to put a sentence, we overly serve others before ourselves, whether it's our children or our husbands or our work or at the church or a volunteer or at the school, and it's like none of that is wrong, right? None of it's wrong, but if it is taking away from your health And when I say the word health, I absolutely mean physical health, but I also absolutely mean mental and emotional and spiritual health. We are a package deal. We are not just a physical body. So what I want to talk about is what do boundaries even look like? Number one, it's not my job to fix or change others. That's one of the ones I have on my worksheet. It's not my job to fix or change others. So what happens is when we are like me if you have a personality like me um, it's really hard when you see something in someone that you know could be better (laughs) and you just kind of want to fix them so what happens though is that first of all you have a a ego issue you think that oh well because I see something then of course they're going to want to fix it of course they're going to want to be better because I see that they could be but that's not our job That's not our job to fix others. And why that comes in a problem here is, is because a lot of times I would be triggered by other people's attitudes and behaviors. And so then I would drink to numb out my irritation. Because I had not created a boundary around my own heart and my own mind to go, Michelle, you're not responsible for fixing other people. You're not responsible for even trying to change them. You get to choose who's in your life, but you don't get to change them. And even if you tried it wouldn't help, right? Yes, we're deflecting. Constantly deflecting. All right, next one. It's okay and can be great to say no. How many people pleasers are over, over here? Give me a three if you're a people pleaser because that is a big deal. I think a lot of women are uh, strapped to Just unhappiness. I'm going to just say it like it is. Because of people pleasing. They are so focused on making everyone else happy that their lives are getting sucked away. I see some threes. And they're not really even allowing themselves to to stand up and be the one... That they're called to be because they're so busy worrying about everyone else. Now, does this happen overnight? No. Is this a magic pill? Absolutely not. But as we begin to learn to take care of ourselves, as we begin to, like, shift our thoughts, begin to gently set these boundaries with others, then we will get to where this this works better. And I'll actually, since I do have so many threes showing up on here, we got some people pleasing, I actually have found some language um, of how to say no. Like if you're just not sure, like, oh, I just don't know how to say no to somebody. Like I don't have a problem with that. I'm thankful that my personality has just allowed me to just say no, thank you. But I will give y'all some just little sentences to say. I'll throw that out to you too in the next couple of days. All right. No one has to agree with me. That's the next one. And then I am worthy of requesting my wants and my needs. Now, does this mean that you're always going to get what you want to need from your spouse or for your, your children? No, but you're worthy of it. If there's something you just really need, like especially right now, simply put, if you need to go to your bedroom and drink a cup of hot tea and a coffee or, excuse me, a coffee or read a book or whatever, you are worthy to ask your partner, hey, I need, I need this break right now. Can you Can you please handle the children? Or, hey, kids, you know, push off the mom guilt. Say, hey, go watch a Disney movie, or I need you to go to your room. So you can take that time. I promise you, if you will practice putting that first, that was hard for me in the beginning, and I'm not a people pleaser. But it was hard for me to sort of like check out from everybody, even though mentally I had been checking out before, right? If I was drinking before, I was checking out, I was numbing out, that was already happening it just wasn't as visible to my family because then i started taking care of myself but i needed to check out i needed to go in my bedroom and i needed to shut my door i need to be left alone and to just time alone to journal or read or whatever i wanted and i had to request that of my husband did he really understand every time i needed that no but thankfully he didn't like argue about it so that's huge okay it's okay to feel my feelings even if someone seems, acts like, or tells me they're uncomfortable. Okay? So, it's okay for me to feel my feelings. It is okay for you to feel your feelings even if there's someone in your family that tells you that makes them uncomfortable. Like, oh, don't cry. That You know, like, because really when we cry, it's making other people uncomfortable because they don't know what to do. And they're not really responsible for doing anything, right? But we have to learn that it's okay to feel our feelings and it's okay to learn how to communicate that. And all this stuff is, this is a lot of stuff and it sounds great and it can be done over time. This is not an overnight thing. So don't feel like you're like, wow, I am just, I can't check off any of these boxes because I struggle this whole area. That's why you're here. Okay, so don't judge yourself and don't be critical and don't think that you've got to like nail this this week. We've got a whole month and you're going to take these sheets and you're going to just start kind of working through them. And then the last one, I don't need approval. Other people's opinions are not facts. Have you heard that before? Have you heard the, um, I think it was Rachel Hollis a while back. I don't know if she coined it or she just said it. And I remember she said it from someone else. But it says, other people's opinions of you are none of your business. Which I like that one. But I also believe that they're also not facts. Because if we, even though we say that they're none of our business, it still sort of hurts maybe if we're just trying to like, ooh, that's none of of my business. And we're trying to be like kind of cool and sassy. But when we truly believe that other people's opinions are not facts, to me, that feels totally different. Because a fact is all I care about. I don't care about something that someone made up or created or said to make themselves feel better. That does not reflect on me, right? All right. We hanging in there? I know this is a little bit longer. We got one more little section to talk about. Okay, I'm glad you're back. All right, one more section. We're going to talk about routines. Awesome, Jade. You're doing this right now, and you're working on you. I'm going to just tell you, you have to be okay with letting the people know in your life that this season right now is for you. You know, and I don't know everybody's personal situation, nor could I even imagine all the different scenarios with the women here. But what I do know is that we have more power than we think we do right now. And you may have that witch, since we're ditching her, she's a witch. And she may be in there, well, I can't do that. My husband is not as nice as your husband. Or you know, my kids are annoying or my job is terrible or I just, I just can't make time for that. Well, if you continue to allow her to spew those lies, then you'll continue down this road of unhappiness and it's going to take you longer. And what I want to challenge you to do is fight through it now. Fight through the language in your mind now fight through the fact that this is your time now and you don't want to be messaging me six months from now going crap i should have stuck with it in october that was awesome information i had my chance but i just i just let my i let my head get away with me i let my excuses get away with me and i'm now i'm back will i welcome you with open arms absolutely i'm always here to support you but what i want to say is now is your time so take it all right all right one more thing we're going to talk about routines and i touched on this a little bit earlier but how does this why does this matter well it matters because actually let me go back real quick there's one little thing i missed that i really want you to get i apologize so when we talk about um boundaries uh, and anything we're doing to take action i just want you to remember a little line that says knowing is not the same thing as doing okay and this goes with anything we're about to talk about and we've talked about before knowing this information is not the same thing as doing it i did that for a long time well just think about it in um let's just let's just talk about it real quick in the whole like weight loss How many of y'all would say that you have no idea how to lose weight? You've never heard how. You've never heard strategies. There's not anything on the internet or Pinterest. No, we know how to lose weight. All of us do. We know how. There's options of specific high fat, high fat, low carb low carb, no fat, we've got options to count our macros, we have options to log our food, calories in, calories out, you know, exercise, you know, 80, 20, 80% in the kitchen, 20%, you know, like, I could spew about 50 more things out because I know how to do it. But have I lost the 10 pounds that I've been talking about losing for three months? It takes action. So, the same thing with this, boundaries, commitments, um, your daily gratitude. You can go, oh, that's nice. That's pretty. I love that little worksheet she put together. I love her little branding colors. She loves that maroon. It makes me think of wine. How cute. You know, I love that little checklist. And then do nothing, then nothing's going to change. So, knowing is not the same as doing. So, I challenge you to be doers. Be doers this month. All right routines how do you get your wine how do you get your beer how do you get your liquor whatever and the reason why i say that is because when we have a routine it's the how do we right <laughs> talk doesn't cook rice all right it doesn't and i haven't heard that that's funny i know there's what talk is cheap or something like that i don't know that's funny it doesn't you can talk all day long or um <clears throat> What is the one too that makes me think of food? The watch pot never boils or something where you stand there. I have the weirdest Southern things my mom taught me. It's so funny. All right. So how do we do whatever? Like how do we, um, how do we get the thing? So basically what that means is um, there's a choice point. For example, I would go the home the same way and I would stop in the grocery store. I would make the excuse of like, oh, I need to buy a few things and I'd zip down the wine aisle. Or on the weekends, let's say Friday nights, there was this pizza place and right next to it was a liquor store. So I was like, oh, we'll have pizza on Friday night. And I'd scoot in the little liquor store, right? That was how I did the thing. So what we want to do is we want to choose a choice point is like, okay, so if I did that before, what could you do instead? So that's a new question. So if you're in a routine, and I'm sure you're already breaking these routines because we're on day five, but if you have a routine where you come home from work or you go to the store or all the different things that you could do, then I want you to switch the choice point. The, cho- the choice of, mine would have been not going and getting pizza on Friday night or choosing a different pizza place that didn't have a liquor store beside it. The other option would be texting my hubby Saying, hey, we need milk, Dr. Peppers, whatever. Will you please go by the store and get it? And guess what? If he couldn't and he was already home and had his feet up, I guess we just wouldn't have that, right? We have to really look at ourselves there again when we're taking care of ourselves and we're serious about it. We don't have to have that. If that's going to cause us to trip up and struggle by walking into the store for things that we think we need, we're going to be fine. It's going to be fine. I've never not. I mean, surely there's something in our pantries, right? So I want you to challenge yourself. Is um, what? Why do you want to change the choice? And then what is it going to be? So think about. I don't want to go get pizza because I know that that's going to be challenging for me because I want to go into that store where they had all the little cute little bottles and I got the drinks, or. I know that I don't want to go by Publix because I know that i is you know, that's going to be a struggle for me. So all we have to do is change. And it sounds so simple, but just ask yourself on your way home, or let's just say you have a routine. I don't know what your routines are. Was it Friday night going out? Is it Saturday stocking up? Is it just you just ran by every day? You watch the clock before the liquor store closed? Like, I don't know what that is for you. So this is where you have to take this information and you have to choose it and you have to go back to your why. So why do you want to be alcohol-free? What can you do instead of these patterns that you've been doing? It's that simple. This is all in your routine. So if we start forming a new routine, setting boundaries, creating seven layers of commitment, then we are able to, to layer all this together. This was a lot of information on week one, but I'm going to give you these sheets to look at and you're going to look at them through the week. You're going to continue your daily checklist. That's why that's so simple and short with gratitude because I want this to start soaking in. And then I want you to be able to look at the list of boundaries and I want you to be able to go, okay, what is one thing? This is what we talk about all the time. Do not try to take them all on don't try to do 10 things your one thing this month is not drinking you're removing alcohol period that's your one thing now inside of that one thing if there's a routine that you need to break what can you do instead and if there's one boundary that you need to make that could cause you to stumble or that is affecting you in your whole health mentally physically, spiritually, and emotionally, then you need to work on that boundary. Jade says, it helps me not being on the road so I can avoid shops unattended. Absolutely. Make it a beeline. Literally go to work, to home, or... I mean, I even... Um, a restaurants were a big deal to me. If they were restaurants that I used to drink at, like uh, we have like an Italian restaurant... That there were so many times that i would choose to go there just to, because i really like their wine i just chose not to do that so i just said you know what for a while i'm just not going to that restaurant and it's what's so funny is i haven't been there in forever and this weekend when we were traveling we went out of town for a day this weekend we ate lunch there and it, it, it literally didn't even cross my mind. Like, I remember being in there and we were eating. And it was daytime, though. It wasn't nighttime, so the waitress didn't really offer, like, the house wine or anything. But it was so cool because it doesn't matter anymore. But there was a time in the beginning where I literally could, had to avoid those restaurants. Or when I went in, I was... Now, don't act like I'm all... Or let me not act like I'm all cool and I was, like, totally cool about it. But there were some times... I was a little nervous, but I stood up for myself, and when I went into a restaurant, I was like, hey, um, if they had a, a, a seat table, they're like, would you like to sit at the bar or near the bar? I said, no, I'd actually like to sit pretty far away from the bar, and nobody ever asked me or questioned me, and then I remember one time, I actually said, you know what? I quit drinking, and I really don't need to be near the bar, and she just kind of like laughed a little bit, but like that was probably, hap- you know, six months in, at that point, I was starting to vocalize it a little bit more like, girl, I don't need to be sent by the bar, you know? So, set your boundaries, layer the commitment, do the routine. Okay, girlfriend, before you go, if you found value in this podcast and it helped you, please head over to iTunes and leave a review. Every so often, I will read reviews and give shout outs. To dig deeper, join us at Set Free Sisterhood over on Facebook.